Hi, Tamaron. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for the invitation. It really is an honor to speak with you today, Adrian. Thank you. And same, because I cannot believe how much our lives are similar, not only to our past journeys, but to our journey today. And I, w- I was floored. I mean, you know, Brother Brad, when he connects people, he always knows that there's synergy and similarities, but it's almost creepy how much alike we are. When I talk to you about being the first female uh, in Canada to own a private investigation agency, you told me you were the first female investigator in a company back in the late 80s. So, I mean, I'm dating myself here, but yeah, I was the first female in that company. And of course, when I joined... That's when the magic happened. I mean, of I'm course, say, that yeah. trailblazer, right? And yeah. did you know going in that you were the only female or did it even dawn on you? Because you and I already had this conversation. For me, I just do what I'm passionate about. My whole kind of motto is regardless of gender, regardless of obstacles. And so I just do what I love and love what I do. So did you know going in, it was a male predominant industry at the time? I don't even think about that stuff. Like, I'm like you, it's like, you know, I knew what I wanted and I just go for it. I really believe that now I understand myself a lot more. I've been in this self-development journey for a long time and I've always acted on instinct and that's always given me my greatest leaps and bounds on life and through ups and downs of many challenges. And, you know, our intuition always guides us and to be honest, yeah. And to be honest, I wanted to be a police officer when I was younger, but um, okay. my 20s, I'm going to keep saying same, but okay, <laughs> go on. But I didn't want to carry a gun. I was terrified. I, and this is the thing. I believed at that time, it was a mindset that if ever I ever had to come face to face with a perp that, you know, I wouldn't be able to be fast enough to, um, to, protect myself and to pull a gun out if I ever needed to like that was my fear because it was based on tv like I didn't I wasn't around a lot of people right so I was scared to carry a gun and so I used to see this ad in a local Toronto newspaper at the time and it was join our our school and become a private investigator and I used to stare at that ad and I'm like you know that might be the answer And so I just applied, went for an interview and of course enrolled in the school. And then what I realized was that my desire to serve and to protect was the core part of myself that I was drawn to that industry. And now as an astrologer, I understand that in my astrological birth chart, I have a very strong placement in what I call the first house, which is who you are of being, uh, a detective. So I, I mean, that. our lives are mapped out, whether we believe in the woo woo stuff or not. Okay. And when I saw that in my chart, I was like, Oh, yeah, that's, that's yeah. an amazing validation. So 100%. that's where it came from. I and I love your story, because our stories are so aligned. I mean, I did when I started uh, the investigation agency, it was really to help out some former um, police detectives. And I thought, okay, you know what, I'll stay in it for about five years. But as soon as I got into it, I mean, we we get the 911 calls and, you know, the people um, that call us, their families are at risk of falling apart. Their professional lives are at risk. And, uh, you know, for me, my love of the business was serving others. And I feel that, like you said, private investigation for me was always just a conduit to to helping others and to serving others. And so I became a certified life coach through Tony Robbins, as I mentioned, and it's just sort of history from there. And now with what I'm doing uh, with the I Am Unbreakable podcast and the magazine is just taking it one step further because I've been in business for so long. I think I closed my books uh, quite a few years ago, but uh, as a life coach, I had a two and a half year wait list, which said to me and spoke to me to say that there are many people that require services that are outside of the box or the traditional, let's say, therapeutic box. Um, and people are looking for other answers aside from, and 
not to say anything is wrong with, you know, therapists and psychologists and, and whatnot, but they were looking for truths, answers, support through non-traditional methods. And, you know, we're going to chat a little bit about where your road has taken you, but it is so incredibly interesting. And I'm sure as you started writing, you kind of look back at your journey and your path and same here that, wow, I've kind of done this my whole life, picking just what I loved, didn't matter if it was, you know, women driven or male uh, predominant, it was just doing what you loved. But how interesting that you are also now serving other people in such a profound, unconventional way. Oh, yeah. And welcome to the age of Aquarius. I mean, that's <laughs> what many of us are doing, whether we realize it or not. And that's why a lot of us are, you know, and I'll, and I'll answer your question a little bit, but I just want to remind people that, you know, what's happening in the astrological sky is happening to all of us down here on the planet, whether we recognize it or not. That's like, you know, the image of like the iceberg and, you know, what's happening under the water or, you know, the sky and, you know, astrology is a, an ancient science that has been around for like thousands of years. And I want to say a proven science. It's not just, yes. you know, hocus pocus. And of course, like in every industry, people commercialize it or, um, you know, let's just say cheapen or do not um, do justice to the industry. Um, but I have, I I'm very spiritual and I believe in many different things because there's been just way too much evidence-based not only science, but things that I can tell you that myself, my clients, my friends, my family have experienced to talk it away. Not There is no such thing as coincidence, in my humble opinion. Oh, I agree. With what that. do you think about coincidence? I, I believe when, this is what I say to people, whether you know, when or what you're going through, like when clients come to me, first thing I do is I look at their astrological birth chart and they go, okay, this is real. This is happening and this is why. And then I explain it and people just go, whoa, like it's so validating. And it, and then I'm able to calm people down and I go, but there's a purpose to it, you know? So I don't think that things are a uh, chance and accident. You know, people say to me, oh, can you tell me when this is going to happen? I go, no, I don't do predictive astrology. I'm more about helping you understand yourself and validating what you're going through, but um, I would just say when the stars line up, they're going to line up and it's going to happen when it's meant to happen. Like, yeah. you know, people have this, oh, tell me this, tell me that. It's like, no, astrology can be more validating. It's not going to a psychic. It's about validating who you are as a person, validating some of these experiences you're having. And then I'm going to guide you as to how you can manage your emotional well-being and your mental health to get through the challenge and to gain the wisdom and the knowledge so that you can be of service. So my clients can be of service and pass down that knowledge later once they others. Heal. So it is a journey, right? It's a, well, you know, <laughs> The whole journey thing, I, I'm convinced that I keep telling people whenever uh, I speak to people, again, another coincidence, not so much. Clearly, I have a few tattoos, right? Oh, where's my feather somewhere just here? Just one or two? I only um, have just one. one or two. <laughs> but, you don't uh, I have many. <laughs> but, uh, exactly. But I always say, you know, life's a journey, not a destination. And I wish, you know, I came up with that saying, maybe, you know, I would have a similar bank account to Aerosmith, but life really is a journey. People always think, you know, once I land this job, or once I have this husband or this wife and this many kids or this amount of money, that will equate happiness. And that will be the end of my journey, or that that will be the ultimate happiness where it's like, you never stop your journey until, you know, we stop on, you know, earth, uh, and then a, your journey still continues if you believe that or not. Um, but you know, it really is a journey. It's not just, you know, okay, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to get a career. I'm going to do a business, have the family. And I love the fact that you're sending that message out that even once you heal or once you get through what you're going through, it's going to be a continuous journey regardless. Oh. Absolutely. And I agree with you. And I love the quote you used because that's one of the quotes that I actually have printed inside of my spiritual guidebook that, um, mm -hmm. that I've created. So as an author, that's what I give to my clients when they join my membership inside of my academy. And it's full of quotes like that too. And it's your exact, I agree with it, what you're saying. 
it's not about reaching something. And to be honest, Adrian, that's why I was suicidal. I had that limiting belief was, okay, if I just do this, and if I just go to school, like you said, and I get a job and I can, you know, provide something, you know, to a relationship or whatever, I meet somebody, you know, I have kids, I'm married, and I got the white picket fence that I'm going to be happy. And it was like, wait a minute, I am, I am miserable. Yeah, I am not happy. In fact, I was suicidal and I could I, not figure out what I thought I had done wrong. I love the fact that was I my belief. Stop. I love that. And thank you for sharing. But I want to just rewind for a second. You know, the fact that you can come out in a podcast and say, I was suicidal. You've got a smile on your face. I know what a rock star you are because I know the things that you've accomplished, that you've done and where you're going and where you are right now. Um, you know that I'm a huge mental health ally and advocate. I have and love many people that suffered um, tremendously and have overcome and are still suffering as well as clients. And I just want to celebrate you for 30 seconds and say what a beautiful, wonderful soul you are and how brave and courageous you are to come on and say, yeah, well, I think that's why I was suicidal. It's so matter of fact, but it's people like you that really break the bias and really just sort of normalize, like, you know what, I felt like this at one point in my life, but Hey, and, and you just say it like, it's sort of just part of your story, which, you know, my other tattoo, the struggle is part of the story. It's part of your story. And I feel it's why you were put here was to go through the hard times, whatever those were and whatever they are. And can sometimes for people continue to be, but yet you're here talking about it and how beautiful, brave, and courageous you are. Oh, Adrian, thank you so much. And you know why you're making me cry, but it's true. I'm sorry, and I'm being but... vulnerable because over 21 years ago, it was not a fun place to be. And I tell this message to so many people that su feeling suicidal is not something you should be ashamed of. For me, feeling suicidal was because I felt alone. And the people that I reached out to, I wasn't getting the intuitive results that were lining up with me, like get medicated, you know, follow what we're telling you to do and stuff. I was like, but it's not working. It's not working. It's yeah, not but working. What's not working? And so I had to break away and trust my intuition and go, this isn't helping me. And I felt that the suicidal is about feeling alone. That's why people, I believe, are suicidal because we are not raised in a society that raising our hand and saying, I need help is acceptable. Like that when we're asking for help that we're weak. I mean, it's uh -huh. our generation of the women before us. I know so many amazing women who are older than me. And I go, I know you need help, but they go, but I, I don't know. I can't ask for help. Like, I feel ashamed. It's generational. Whereas our generation, I think, is like, no, it's your superpower. Exactly. Oh, Stick your hand up. It is your superpower. And I love that. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make you cry. Oh, but I, hey, I, I love that crying. That's like I've cleansed. I, I shifted through something again. That's the yeah. power of, you know, it's well, I'm I hope real. You felt, yes. And I hope you felt my love and admiration for you because- yes. As you said, I mean, just going back, I remember as a young girl, you know, telling my mom and saying, mom, I, I know I feel like worried all the time. I feel like I don't even think the word anxiety existed back then, but I was like, I'm worried. I feel like, you know, worried, but, and she's like, about what? And I said, well, I don't know. I don't think it's anything. And she was like, Shh, you know, they're going to lock you up in 999 Queen Street. But that was what they were taught. I mean, she immigrated here and everything. She was a wonder, she is a wonderful mother. I say was like, she's passed. She hasn't, she's here still driving me nuts and, you know, helping me with everything in my <laughs> life. So she's my best friend. Um, but, uh, you know, that was what they thought. So of course that is what they would tell their children because that is what they thought was going to happen. And sometimes probably did happen. So they didn't know any better, but now, you know, decades into mental health, we do know better. And for somebody like yourself to come out and say, well, when I was suicidal, just so matter of factly, I don't think we ever celebrate 
somebody that can actually talk about it and say it. So that was why I took a second to celebrate you. And I think we're going to probably have to do our uh, podcast in two parts because your strength and your courage, the bravery, and then being able to mold that into something, like you said, to help other people is so empowering and it's profound as a human being that, you know, you can do that. So I, I just think, as I said, that you're absolutely fantastic. And oh, I know you so much. your clients and the people that you touch and the people that uh, read um, your uh, books and whatever else that you have out there is going to be, it's going to be a wealth of knowledge for them. Because like you said, there was a point, tw- did you say 20 years ago? Yeah, over 21 in 2000. So yes, 21 years ago, I bet you, you didn't have anybody to like, look up or say, Hmm, I wonder how, you know, I could get through this. Like you said, it was very much the conventional and now the amazing things you're doing, you are giving back. And that mm-hmm. is so incredible. And to be to really, to be celebrated because you're empowering humans, I say, regardless mm-hmm. of gender, but I'm sure you know, you're empowering other women because a lot of times as women, we are told, like you said, be strong, you know, shoulders back, chin up. But meanwhile, inside you're suffering. Yeah. Interim in quiet. Like, you know, and I agree with you. It is, I think it's generational. Um, and, and, you know, even my story of how I found help blows people away. It makes Okay. You got, please tell found someone who did help me. And this is what brought me into this kind of woo-woo world, but it's true. Like, tell me, you know, I sure. was in counseling. I had gone to an initial. So my first trip to the doctor was, I couldn't figure out what was crying all the time. My father had just passed. Right. So I went through this huge emotional trauma dealing with grief just before the millennial rolled in. And in January on my birthday, I could not stop crying. And I didn't know what was wrong with me. And when my father passed, I had a sense of peace inside of me. So it was like, okay, there's got to be something more. So what did my doctor do? Who was doing her job? Here's the name of a family counselor you can go to for free. Oh, and here's a prescription for depression, right? Mm -hmm. Now I had been going to her already quite a bit because I was getting sinus infections. I was having other issues, feminine issues and stuff. And so my physical body was finally falling apart. So from an energetic level, like things happen from the inside and then it manifests physically. So there was a lot of emotional turmoil going on, right? Of course. Going to that count, going to that initial counselor, I was like, why is, why is the counselor asking me questions? Like, I was like, okay, I I don't understand why I'm in this counselor's office. She is not helping me. And I had to leave that counselor and even the meds my doctor gave me, I took one dose that first day and I was spinning out of control because I'm super sensitive to meds. So I had to throw them in the garbage. So I was like, okay, that's not an option either. And I had two young children I had to look after. And I was a stay at home mom volunteering, which was more than a full-time job. It always is. Yeah. Yeah. Doing a lot of crazy stuff. And so, and my partner was away at that time. A lot for work. So I was dealing with a lot of things. And so when I found a counselor that could, I had to pay out of my pocket, very expensive. I sat down and within 10 minutes, that woman said to me, Oh, I know exactly what you're dealing with. And I'm like, what? How How come no one's been able to help me for so long? So she said to me, look, you're going to come back next week. And if you're willing to work through this, I'm going to give you some homework. And I was like, okay, she goes, I'm going to give you a list of books to read. And she said to me, I want you to just take a breath and answer one question. And I was like, what is that? And she said, what are you feeling? And I was like, I feel like shit. That's why I'm here. (laughs) No, I was like, I was like dumbfounded. And she was like, well, of course she was a counselor. She knew what I was talking about because no one had ever asked me what I was feeling. I didn't oh. understand this whole emotional mental wellness. And so I said to her, I feel at peace. And she goes, okay, so you're, you think this, your father's issue 
is what's making you sad. And it's not. She goes, it's bigger. And that's when I realized, like I said, the white picket fence story that my life that I, my perceived life that I thought I needed to achieve to obtain happiness was a lie. That was the lie. And I was like, so I had to work on healing myself. And she gave me some things to read. And not long after that, as I had started, I actually sat down. I think it was maybe five or six months later through a new friend that I had met. She was highly intuitive and her and I became very good friends. So she kind of picked up on what was happening in my world. And she recommended that I go see a meeting a psychic medium I didn't even know what a psychic medium was okay? <laughs> okay in um um eastern outside of eastern Toronto Peterborough area okay went there and it was recorded and you can imagine I had no self-esteem okay I was in a toxic relationship so I was like this big and I remember and I still have the recording a psychic saying to me you will get through this. And he said to me, and by the way, and he was channeling. So he wasn't giving me the real a psychic medium. They get messages from other people yeah. and they give you the message. And he said, you are genuinely suicidal. Don't do it. Because suicidal people are people that are not reaching out for help. And that was my first introduction to even understanding myself because wow. I was so trapped. I was so trapped in stuff. I didn't know how I was going to get out. And I just had so many things on my mind. And it was like, I knew I had to leave. And I knew I had to make changes about my entire body and looking after myself as well. And I was a mom of young kids. And that was that, you know, everywhere I went, people were like, whatever. But he did say to me, and he stopped the recording. And I can say it now. He stopped that recording. And he said, I don't normally do this. He said, but you will get out. And he said, and someday you are going to help other people. When he told me that, I was like, I don't, I don't know who he's talking about. My yeah. Like this. I'm like, I think he, I think he's got somebody else. Like, I don't know. Right. But now I'm like, man, that psychic was bang on. Yeah. Like, but it was a journey. I mean, I've gone through so many things and got a lot of accreditations and been to school and helped so many people. And now I'm just at this stage because of, where my children are and where everything, you know, everybody's settled. It's like, it's now finally time for me. It sounds like you've, you've almost come to this, you know, I hate to say coming of age because I could be in your twenties, your thirties, your eighties, but you, you've kind of a coming to of age where you've got this piece about you kind of like, you know what? I've been through hell and back. I've walked through fire and across glass. I'm on the other side. I've carried a ton of people over the glass and the fire and I feel good. And you've got this piece about you, which is so beautiful to see considering what you had to endure when you were younger. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you know what, Adrian is even the astrology validated that. So as an astrologer, like I'm a bit of a nerd. So that's another clue of being a PI or a detective is like, we have to study. It's like when you get a file, right? I remember getting a file, like, you know, okay, this person I have to follow, this is, you know, yeah. you gotta do your research first, right? Where are you yeah. gonna go? Where do they live? What does the person look like? Like, you know, that's what doing an astrology reading too, is you're putting the pieces of the puzzle together to create this treasure map of a spiritual journey for people. And that's what I do is I look at all the clues and I look at all the signatures and I go, okay, this is what you're here to learn. I tell people that, which blows people away. This is your spiritual lesson. You're in this crisis moment now because you got to go over here. Like you're here, you're here to gain this, but you're here right now. And I'm going to guide you as how you can get through this so that you can blossom and evolve and to gain that spiritual wisdom and make your life feel like it makes sense and it has value that's amazing and that's what I had to do and it took that long but even in astrology it'll kind of give you an age an age or an era of when that's going to blossom and happen so it's exactly right and you're right even Carolyn Miss who is one of my favorite spiritual teachers had a quote that she always used I bought her books and I saw her talk she was part of Hay House and she used to have this saying that you live the first half of your life 
got nothing to do with age. You live the first half of your life gaining the wisdom and the knowledge, and you will spend the other half of your life passing down that knowledge. I love that. That is amazing. It has nothing to do with age. You don't yeah. know when that's going to happen, but in astrology, well, I was going to say, yeah, you don't know. So that could be, you know, regardless of age, it could be at any time, but I love that because it's so right. You know, people always say, you know, every decade comes wisdom and you're at a different stage in your life. But, you know, if you really look back to when you were in your twenties or your thirties or your forties, however old uh, uh, folks may be, you're so in such a different mindset and headspace than you were there. Right. When you look oh, back, I I'm a totally, think, yeah, I didn't mean, I'm a totally different person. Huge. Like when I used to look back at photos, I'm like, I look and I go, I was who so is this person different <laughs> back then? It, Cause I remember the trauma. I remember what I used to worry about, but again, and this is in my astrology chart is I, I have a very strong cancer placement, which is what makes me happy and makes me fulfilled. So I love to nurture. So being a stay at home mom and being there for my children and even watching my kids, you know, being around being, you know, available while they went to school and being available in COVID. I mean, we all had to go somewhere and now everybody's settled again. And I took COVID and I used it to, you know, become an astrologer, get my business online. Like I was like, okay, this it's either going to be now or never. It's kind of like it all just kind of evolved and it happened. Right. If that makes sense. So, you know, as a, as a woman who was a stay at home mom, I could not do what I'm doing now, 20 years ago. It wouldn't have happened for me because I had to be around my children. Well, yeah. And I don't know if you were maybe in the mindset, you know, for me, it's always about where you are in your life and whether, <clears throat> excuse me, you're a stay at home mom, which is one of the most important jobs we will ever have, mm -hmm. or you're in the corporate world or you're an entrepreneur, there comes a point in time that you want to rebuild. And if rebuild means, you know, switching careers, starting your own business, whatever it may be, it takes a lot of headspace, right? It takes a lot of space to be able to do it and to do it right. And like you said, you were in that right headspace, whether it had to do with, you know, the, the lockdown or, or not, I feel like it was your time is what you're really saying. It was my time because my kids are settled. They're a little bit older, but it was also about you because even if your kids are settled and you're still, you know, a chocolate disaster and you can't, you know, think about things and think about helping others, it would be tough, but it sounded like you were so grounded and you're like, my time's going to come and I'm yeah. going to wait. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to, sounds like you've got a lot of education and other wonderful things that you've done with your life. And then it was your turn, right? Absolutely. And, you know, and I don't regret any of it. And I don't regret anything. Like that's one thing that a good friend of mine, like, you know, we're like this, we've known each other since we're seven. She did the corporate world. She never had kids. Not that she don't want kids. It just didn't happen. And yep. so we have these very deep conversations every time we're together. And I just saw her recently. And, you know, we always say it's so wild how we're both always going through the same storyline. It just shows up very different in our lives. And That's so, COVID, so funny. You know, same with my best friend too. And it's just like, yeah. really? And then when something happens, she's like, oh, damn, don't tell me we're going through this again. I'm like, yeah, she goes, oh, like, I mean, it's going to happen to me. You know that, right? And I'm like, sorry, probably, you. right? Yeah. And so, and that was the one thing she used to say to me, like, I remember years ago when it was still very tough and she said, do you have any regrets? You know, because I became divorced, she became divorced with no kids. During, I got to ask you during the pandemic. Yeah. Sorry to, I don't know if it's sorry or congratulations. I never know what. Oh, did I get divorced through the pandemic? Yeah. Oh no. 20 years ago. Oh, this was 20 years ago. Oh, okay. I, sorry. Oh, yeah. I was saying through the pandemic, did you get divorced? Cause I was like, most people's businesses very sadly either, um, you know, came to a screeching halt had, they had to rejig their business. They had to do new business models, as did we. We had to implement a ton of new um, assistive technology and whatnot. But our business grew 600%. Because if you can imagine, 
you know, whether it's infidelity, questionable behavior, child custody, divorce, all of that was still happening. Like it didn't stop, believe it or not, just because the pandemic was here, it did not stop. And so, you know, to your point, it's just like, it's just odd the way things would have like transpired or turned out. But for you, it sounds like that gave you an opportunity to set up shop and do your business. And here you are killing it. Yeah. And it, and it was interesting because back in 2016, I closed my brick and mortar business in Southern Ontario and my kids were away in school, college and university. And I said, okay, guys, like it's time for me to figure out this online world. People keep telling me you got your storyteller, you're a speaker, like you got to get out there. And I had the stories, but to be honest, I didn't see the power that I carried. I didn't see what oh. I had overcome. Because I was still dealing with some stuff, right? It was dealing with some emotional work that I still had to do. I and mean, don't we COVID hold on? Hit, don't we always have emotional work to do? Or is it do, just me? I feel like if the second you stop growing or sort of challenging yourself to be better, to be different, to be more knowledgeable, I feel like that's when people start to get depressed and have anxiety and stuff. So I feel like we always have to continue to grow. Cause when I look at you and I hear your story and when I went, Oh, cause I was just like, imagine it doesn't matter. Cause we cannot look back and change uh, the past, but I wish you would have, even if you just started, you know, talking to your phone, imagine, you know, just sort of taking in that journey, but I'm sure you're sharing it now. Like you said, through your work. So I don't think it was all for nothing, right? Oh no. I was I wasn't publicly sharing I was writing because people kept telling me That's to write. That's what I was going to so, say. Yeah, yeah. I did it and a lot of those stories that I worked on I'm still sharing, but I just what I really needed to focus on was how to master the animal of social media. I mean, I came up here thinking it was going to take me a year. I was like saying to my kids, okay, guys, I'll have this done in a year. Me, the goal setter. I'm such a Capricorn. Okay, I've got the list. Okay, it's going to happen there. And it was just, you know, there were so many things that I had to go through and went through. And again, I don't regret it because it helped me to evolve and to offer more ways that I can empower people with emotional challenges because I do have certain certifications and testimonials and in ways that can help people. But my biggest challenge, Adrian, was the social media. So and it's ever changed. It was like, I'm doing it now. And you know, when you declare something, that's when the people always magically show up. Absolutely. Right? And I feel like with the social media, we didn't grow up with it. You know, our kids do, did and do. And so if I ever have a question, they're like, oh my God, you're such a boomer. I'm like, first of all, <laughs> your grandmother's <laughs> well, a boomer. <laughs> Your grandmother is a boomer, not me, but thanks for coming out, <laughs> jackass. And I'm just kidding. Uh, and, uh, you know, they do it so quickly. It's sort of second nature. It's kind of like their third arm where they've got the phone or some kind of electronics uh, attached to them. Um, but it is so incredibly interesting that when you figure something out, then something else changes or it's added. But it's so incredibly interesting to me because so many people... Uh, mothers and fathers that I know say, well, I teach my kids this and I teach my kids that. And I'm like, my biggest teachers were my children. Oh, and I know too. if you feel that way as well, but you know, they've taught me patience, a lot of patience. Um, they've taught me unconditional love. They've taught me about social media and so many other amazing things. So I think if we sort of change our narrative slightly as opposed to, you know, saying, well, I taught them all this stuff, but you're right. It, it, it's hard because they do it quickly. And for me, I'm a very much a visual learner. I have to take my time. I have to try it. I have to write it down. If you do it quick, you know what it's, I'm missing it. So I'm sure you're the same way where you have to kind of navigate through it at your own pace and at your own speed. And is that how you figured out social media for those people that are still trying to struggle <laughs> through it? You're visual, I'm kinesthetic. So oh. I have to do it. So I say to yeah, my kids, like, you're right. Sorry. They go so fast, right? And I go, guys, don't even show me because I can't follow you and remember. I have to do it. 
And so when they take the time to, and I record everything on zoom, right. And I can always go back to it, but once I do it once, it's like, I have that memory. Um, so it's really good. And you're right. And I rely on my kids so much, but you know what, Adrian, they're my cheering squad. They are my wings and they read my newsletters and they look at my flyers and they look at everything and they go, mom, you got to change that mom. That shouldn't be on that page. Get rid of that. You don't need that. You know, I love that. I love it. So they, they, they are there. And of course they've experienced everything. They, they, they have seen me grow. They've been a part of everything in my life too. It wasn't just about me they were a big part of it too and so it's amazing how they go when I say to people okay what I asked them recently I gave them my my new updated bio my new information and I said so when people ask you what your mom does I go here you go this is my new content and my Uh, youngest one looked at me and he goes never mind you're just our mom and I was like (laughs) love my kids I love you're like the most important job ever right yeah That's what I say to ever. I mean, as I said, I love, love what I do and, you know, but there, there's a balance, but yeah, to your point, my kids, it's the same, like unconditional love for them. And the fact that they cheer you on, I love that my kids do too. I've got one kid who, if he watches this, he will not be happy with me, but, uh, he does a lot of social media. So he's always same. He's like, okay, you should do this. Well, this is trending now. So, you know, make sure you include this and colored captions with, you know, bings and noises. And I'm like, really? I'm like, I thought I just got this down like last week. They're like, he's like, nope, it's always changing. You've got to keep up on the trends. I'm like, no to self. So it's wonderful though, isn't it? That you get into that different relationship as your kids sort of mature we'll say mature, uh, and they get into sort of their own life that they are wonderful human beings. So you did a good job. Amazing job by the mom, mom, number one job. Right. And it is, it's so empowering to know because we're not perfect as parents. Like we mess up, I screw up, you know, whatever, but, um, you know, I'm tying in the astrology again, but when I became a certified astrologer over COVID, which when I started, I was like, okay, I had to have been an astrologer in a lifetime. There was no way I picked it oh, up. In so your fast life for sure. Oh, so fast. And I mean, astrologer is really a healer. Like we're looking at your soul. Like that's the way that all. I look at it. We see it all. I don't choose to go to dark places in someone's chart. Some people do. It's like, I'm not here to see your dark secrets. Okay. I'm here to empower someone. I'm here to say, yes, what you're going through is validating. Let's guide you out of it, you know, and then you're going to have that wisdom. I don't need to, you know, that's how empowering it is. But getting back to my kids, when I became an astrologer, you know, when we study anything in self-development, what's the first thing we do? We go look at somebody else, you know, somebody that matters to us, of course, or someone we're in conflict with. Got to understand it. That's the PI. It's got to research that other person. Oh yeah. Why did this happen? And what, you know, whatever. Right. But that's our innate nature, which I'm sure you relate to. So when I studied my kids charts and just my immediate family, I was like, how can I unsee this? (laughs) No, not negative. More of now I understand the dynamics because I love to talk about, um, the core essence of my astrology readings is teaching you about your love and your relationships, how you communicate, what you need to feel loved. That's your Venus placement, like how you express love and what you need to feel loved. So it goes deeper than the five love languages, right? Because this is your soul. And your Mars placement is how you take action, whether it's in business or towards sex or whatever. It's it's that courage, like what's going to make you go for it, right? And they're different placements. And so you understand people's dynamics. And then we have Mercury, which is how you communicate and how your brain works, how your intellectual mind works. So those three combination of things together, it was like, that's why I'm struggling with saying something to one of my kids and they hear this. Like I say this, they hear that. I'm like, why does that happen? Astrology tells me why. It's like, oh, so if I want him to hear this, I got to say it that way. Absolutely. So help me in these relationships, because what I realized was that, you know, a lot of the miscommunication and the reasons why I felt I suffered in the old traditional ways 
from, you know, our past generations weren't helping me. Whereas astrology helped me to understand some of these people and the dynamics, even some of the toxic relationships that I was in. And then it made, gave me a chance to look at it and go, I love that. Maybe. I love that. And right? it's funny. The reason I was laughing about unseeing that is, you know, being a former private investigator and for yourself and even uh, myself, my kids were like, we can't even fart sideways. And she knows not that I would, again, you know, record them or track them. Although they knew if they gave me reason to, I would have like five investigators on them at any given time. I'm kidding that it never, our kids might want to hang out. (laughs) Thank God. I know. Right. But they're always like, Oh my God, I can't do anything. Like I would even hear them. It was sort of cute when they were younger talking to, uh, you know, their friends are like, I can't do this. You know what, what uh, she does for a living. Right. Even just recently, I, I think my, one of my, my younger son, whatever was told, Oh yeah, you know, just leave your phone in your locker. It doesn't matter if you've got share your location. He's like, no way, man. She finds out I'm dead. And it was just such a sort of innocent thing, what they were talking about, but it's funny how they think that way. And I'm kind of like, listen, I trust you until I don't, until you give me reason not to. And you know what, again, we're going back to the kid thing, but you got to give them a certain amount, Yeah. but then, you know, there's lines you don't want them to cross and, you know, knock on wood, uh, we've been quite fortunate to date. So let's hope it keeps down that road for now. Um, but what I wanted to also ask you sort of in closing, because I really do feel like we need to do another uh, sort of podcast, maybe even two, because there's I've got so many questions that I still have for you. But I guess what I wanted to ask you two or three sort of questions about you is what keeps you up at night? Is there one oh, thing? Geez. Well, you know, I don't. No, want I don't have any part of it. <laughs> I do. <laughs> but I mean, like, what keeps, keeps me up? up? Yeah, thinking. Is there like something that you're really like sort of struggling with right now? Is there some, you know, world problem that you're wanting to be a part of the solution? Is like, is there something right now that you're struggling with? It's, I wouldn't say struggle. Um, and I, and I'm the opposite, right? So I don't see, and the reason why I think you're asking that too, is because your mind goes with anxiety. Like you shared that in your past, whereas I've suffered from depression. So my mind works the other way. I don't, my mind isn't, you know, racing and trying, and I can't sleep. I have the opposite. I can sleep and I need, I need the pick me up. I need that inspiration. Right. Does that make sense? So, uh, sure. Oh, I get what you're saying. I think I asked the question wrong. No, if I get what you're saying. No, and I love that. I love your answer because you're so right in that. But I guess what I would like to ask you is: Is there something right now, maybe that you're working on? Is there something that I mean? I feel as entrepreneurs, we've always got the next thing. And sometimes we struggle with that. And sometimes, you know, we're like, okay, I know I want to do this. Not sure how I'm going to get there, but I'm going. So is there something that you've got in your mind that you are working on that you feel that you're going to get to? And I ask you this because I hope in three to five years when we're still doing podcasts together, I'm going to say, hey, remember our first episode together? You said you were, and look at you now. Yes. And thank you for um, changing how you're asking the question. And it is, it's, I want to break that mold. I want to break the mold about this thinking with the mental health that if you have a problem or if you have a crisis or if you feel you need support from somewhere from somebody else, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with feeling like you can't do it all. In fact, when we reword it or change the mindset around that, is understanding that when we reach out and when we ask for help, just like in school, is that you will grow and you will blossom and you will meet new people. And you will meet the people that you are aligned based on the stars and what's happening to guide you as you move through your life because we can't do anything alone. And I was saying you cannot raise a child alone. It takes a whole village. And so when we have that mindset and recently this just happened to me too, like I've still got some challenges in my personal life too, 
but it, it's not a challenge for me. It's like, I don't have a vehicle. And it's like, I'm okay with not having a vehicle. People are like, man, you could write the book on oh, a women's winter survival guide in Northern Ontario, <laughs> out in the woods without a vehicle. Like, how did you get around? You know, yeah. I just ask people for help. I love That's my that. answer. I, and I met the kindest people wow. and I built new relationships with people and I was vulnerable and I was willing to just say, Hey, I got to save for a vehicle now because of things that happen in my life, but I'm willing to, you know, share with gas or whatever. And people are like, Oh, don't give me gas. But then they drop me off. And in the conversation of spending time together, I'm like, Oh, gee, I'm listening to what they're telling me. And I'm like, would you, you know, maybe I can recommend you drink this tea or you take this bok flower remedy, or you try some essential oils. Or maybe you change your diet and people are going, well, I go, well, I happen to have a sample. Do you want some? Here you go. Cause that's what I have access up. I love that. Right? And, and this is the age of Aquarius that we're in. Like age of Aquarius is all about empathy and compassion. And it's about sharing and it's about community. And it's about understanding that we all have something we can give in order for all of us to survive and thrive. So it's not about status. It's not about who you are, what your title is, how much money you make, how big your house is, the perfect picket white picket fence where most people are miserable under underneath. 100%. I know I was. I'm we not could saying both attest, We can both attest to that 100%. But how interesting what you're saying, because that, I mean, that is what the whole premise of the, of our culture is, um, for I am unbreakable in the community that I know you're going to be a part of now, uh, is that whole grassroots approach, because back in the day, that's what they did. They bartered, they bartered their services, they bartered for food, they bartered for everything, right? That's and I feel going. like we're sort of getting back to that grassroots approach, which I love and how amazing is it because really would they ever have tried that tea would they ever have considered that change of diet or essential oil probably not so you brought a gift into their life and they gave you a gift back by giving you a lift or being able to get groceries or whatever the case may be and I think that's so beautiful because for the longest time I think for the last several decades, we've been in this hustle and bustle and hurry and go here, go there kind of world. And I feel like the positive, I always try to take a positive from a negative, the positive, like you said about um, the pandemic for us, um, even as a family or as a community, is that everybody had to stop and look and be with each other, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know? And, you know, we worked on relationships, some relationships were severed, some relationships were fixed. And we got to know our families and who's under our roof so much better. And I think that's so incredibly important. Oh yeah, totally. And I, I said, you know, cause I was just starting to study astrology on my own. I'm a YouTubeaholic. Like I love YouTube. Right. And I was already studying Thanks. astrology for a couple of years. And I was like, I knew it was the next thing I have to study because I'm a bit of a nerd. So I always have to be studying something, even if it's just for my own personal. Interest. Personal growth. Yeah. You know, like I always, you know, I have a structure in the way I do things and the way my week flows. And, you know, and I was like, you know, something's coming and st listening to other astrologers, all these astrologers, big people were like, you know, in the spring of 2020, something's going to happen. And nobody predicted a virus. They just kept saying something, something. big is coming. And it was fascinating how I, I was already talking about that on some of the talks that I was doing and some of the networking groups and saying, you know, I'm interested in astrology. And I was just kind of sharing that. And then when it did happen, I just kind of said to everybody, no, the world's not falling apart. In fact, what I believe was that we are going through a massive spiritual awakening because you're right. When you make choices to either fix something or not, some things are not fixable. Some things are just meant to be severed with love. You let it go, right? And you just allow things to fix in other ways. Sometimes we can't be that person. 
and some things got better, right? Sure and did. that's the awakening because it was the choice we had to make. And so many people that I know, whether it's family, friends, or clients, it's like, and they say to me, but I'm so much happier now. I go, that is fulfillment. That yes. is what changes your vibe. And then you manifest and you attract the love and the beauty into your life because you had to, it had to come from here. A hundred percent. I love that. Heart. I love that. And, you know, a lot of times uh, as well, you know, the saying where, you know, you know, I'm not broken. I, it's just, that's how the light gets in. Right. And yeah. thing is, sometimes you do the whole kind of, I am unbreakable is that you do have to be broken to, to become unbreakable, right? You do have to sort of, if you want to say hit rock bottom or hit certain things in your life. I mean, you look at what you've gone through. I don't know that your path would have been the same if you didn't go through what you went through because it taught you so much. And I'm sure it taught you a ton of love and empathy and compassion for those going through the same. And you found a way to serve them through astrology and many other gifts that you have through your program and whatnot. So I, I give kudos to you and I wish you were here. I'd give you a big, huge hug and thank you for all the amazing work that you're doing and that you continue to do. And I would be so honored if you would do another podcast with us and be uh, part of the uh, magazine and whatnot as well. You've got so much to offer. Oh, absolutely. For sure. And thank you. Thank you for that. And I would definitely love to come back to be a guest. I feel like between the two of us, you know, we just have so much knowledge. I, and you know, it's fascinating because you went to Tony Robbins to get your life, your training, your certification. And when I left my relationship, that was the first thing I did back. I can't remember what year it was. I'm going to say probably I'd have to look at my LinkedIn profile, but in the early two thousands, I became um, a certified life coach with a huge company. It was back in the old days where you had to call in and listen to the old. Oh webinar. yeah. Remember the, but yeah. With the road. One year. I'm just kidding. Absolutely. Yeah. Back in the day. I don't think it was that long ago, but <laughs> yes, I do remember those days. That's awesome. And I, you know, same as what you said that we have so many similarities. We still haven't even, you know, kind of scratch the surface of how many things that we can chat about. So please, I look forward to having you as a guest again. And thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you so much, Adrian. Thank you. It's thank been a you. pleasure. I look forward to coming back.